This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome Star. to the Love of the Star, Star. podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And uh, he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And he absolutely loves how much I use my hands when I'm talking and saying things. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Bobby. And again, that is Bobby Belt. He said all those good things, but he didn't say enough good things about himself. He is your uh, he is on 105.3 The Fan, uh, Sean and RJ and Bobby, 5.30 to 10, Monday through Friday. He is, as mentioned, a Cowboy insider. He is also uh, one of the better uh, commentators we have on uh, the draft show, and he is also a co-host of this award-winning program, which you folks have so graciously embraced, and we thank every one of you for it. And we especially thank our folks at Boomer Jacks for letting us come along with the ride. Oh, absolutely. And we had a great time out of Boomer Jacks uh, on Tuesday night. It, it was an awful game for the Stars, but it was nice to hang out there, uh, get to see some folks, shake some hands, hug some babies, uh, you know, all of that, and uh, take some photos. So it was really great to see you guys, and we'll do one of those again here again in the near future. All right, Brian, OTAs are here. We were allowed to see the lone practice for the week that we can see as media uh, for the Cowboys out at the Star in Frisco. Uh, a few different things that went on. We'll, we'll take these first two segments really before the mailbag and just kind of go over some of our thoughts, some of the things that went on out there. Uh, what really grabbed your attention? Was there one main thing that you looked at and said that was the, the most notable thing that you saw out there on Thursday? Yeah, I was really, uh, I was kind of expecting to maybe see Tyler Smith playing left guard. I know for the hour that I was out there before I had to leave for my show, I did not see him play left guard. He played left tackle. Uh, it, when uh, you had Matt Farniak was the starter at left guard. So uh, Tyron Smith was the starter at right tackle. 
out there, uh, but he was not participating in anything. Again, I'm just looking for where guys are lining up, you know, and that's kind of the lineup I saw. I was uh, part of, like you were, Bobby, uh, uh, myself and Zach Wolchuk, who worked with us on the draft show and then also at 105.3 The Fan, he and I split up. He went on one end of the field. I went to the other and I ended up work, working with the young guy, like the young guy side of the field uh, mm-hmm. down there with Mozzie Smith, Junior Fajoko, uh, those guys, the rookie guys. On his end of the field, though, uh, was interesting was the guys like um, was like Luke Schoonmaker uh, up on on that side of the field. The so lone, if the you're lone talking rookie. about a veteran, yeah, if you're talking about a guy that that was the lone the lone rookie guy, it was Schoonmaker. And everybody else was down on my end of the field. But I'll tell you what I was super impressed by, uh, Bobby. I I do think there is uh, this, when you watch a guy like Deuce Vaughn, and really in these OTAs minicamps, you're looking for where they're lining up, and you're looking for athletic ability, and you're looking for those things of like, oh, look at this. Look how quick this guy is. Deuce Vaughn has legitimate quickness to his game he is short that's clear when you see him live but when you watch him there were drills that they were running where defenders were trying to cut him off before he got around the corner uh well they weren't able to do that the couple of different times that i watched i know you'll probably talk about deuce vaughn and a pass he caught you got to stay behind and watch a little bit more than me but i i, I was impressed uh, I, 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 I'm glad I got to see where the offensive line lined up. I'm glad I got to see Mozzie Smith. I'm glad I got to see Junior Fajoko on my end, and I'm glad I got to see Deuce Vaughn. How about that? Yeah, I think that's all, uh, you know, really positive stuff. Like we mentioned, Schoonmaker being over with the veteran group was really interesting to me because that's that's the only rookie over there, and it is not an issue of they didn't have tight ends available. They had all their t- veteran tight end group over there and Schoonmaker was still over there practicing. So the fact that he was with them and getting in important reps with Dak Prescott, I think was very relevant. Uh, Some of the offensive line combinations, uh, I think, stood out. You had Matt Farniak, who started left guard, but he also played right guard. He took snaps at center. Um, You had Josh Ball playing both right guard and right tackle. Matt Willetsko played some right tackle. Uh, Chuma Doga, even though we've heard about some flexibility with him, all we saw him do was left guard. And as you mentioned, the only thing we saw Tyler Smith do was left tackle. There was no other work for him other than left tackle while we were out there. Uh, so some interesting offensive line combinations, to be sure. Uh, I really, really wish Terrence Steele would have been healthy and available to practice because I would have been incredibly interested to see who was taking snaps where. Um, but, you know, overall, that was, you know, kind of my biggest takeaway was what was going on with the offensive line. No Zach Martin. He was there for practice. He had not come out until after you left, Brian. He did show up and street yeah. clothes. Um, but he he was physically at the building, just not practicing. Um, but I, I do think that the Schoonmaker thing was of note. Schoonmaker also at one point, it looked like he may have tweaked something. He was talking to Jim Maurer for a little bit. He was kind of stretching some stuff, uh, had – you know, taken off a few reps at one point, did come back in. I saw him catch a couple passes. Um, so that was encouraging to see that he had come back, but it looked like he was dealing with something. And that's something that you would hate to see. You would hate to see him get sidelined with any sort of a soft tissue thing, Brian, uh, because we saw last year how much that put Jalen Tolbert behind. Yeah, that and that, and that was something that clearly, I, you know, we remember Washington, the receiver, Tolbert, they were kind of working together over off the side and, you know, it, that that was the 
as much as I hate to say it, Bobby, that that put Jalen Tolbert on the absolute wrong foot going forward. He just never ever was able to recover. I don't know if it if it affected the way that he uh, you know he got into camp. Uh, I'm you know, sure he was healthy. He was trying to practice, but those were reps that he missed. You know, those were those were opportunities to line up, and then now you're at training camp. You know, you're you're having to go out there. You're having to learn. You're having to perform. He just didn't do a very good job of it. And if I can mention one other thing, Bobby, and you could kind of maybe um, expand on it a little more, was uh, Kelvin Joseph playing free safety. And, uh, you know, I saw some reports from the Michael Gelkins and the Todd Archers and the John Machotas of him actually making plays from a free safety spot. So I, here I am, a transfer uh, transition from Tolbert to Joseph, but man, that that's that, that might be a good sign that uh, these uh, that these coaches have figured out. Kelvin Joseph is a free safety, you know, might be the the best avenue for him to travel. Yeah, so I I didn't see <clears throat> I, I I think I saw a couple reps where he was lined up in a a pseudo safety pseudo corner corner role. Most of the reps he took at practice were apparently nickel, uh, yeah. were nickel snaps. But he was working with the free set, was working with the safety group and all the drills, which I thought was interesting. Somebody made mention to me later. Uh, nobody at the team, just another person on the beat, had made mention to me later. They said, uh, you know, Jordan Lewis a lot of times takes snaps with the safety group too, and he's a nickel guy. And so it could just be an issue of they're basically doing some some cross training of sorts, or just having him divide up. Into is that- it dime? Is it dime stuff? Ten? Is it the is it the, the six defensive backs, or is it? Did no, you so notice it's, 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 there there was a, a point where the the group working out was all the corner like I mean he was Joseph was the only corner in a group with all the safeties doing their normal drills. Okay, with, oh okay, uh, I see, I see. So yeah. he was doing Joe Witt drills. Al Harris's group with the corners over there. Kelvin Joseph was not in there. Yeah, now, I, I I thought that was interesting. I haven't noticed that before that Jordan Lewis works with the safeties a lot, but I did have somebody tell me later that they think Jordan Lewis does that pretty frequently. Um, so it could just be a sign of the type of work they get the nickel guys into. It's something for us to run down. But look, I think regardless, Kelvin Joseph is doing different things. Kelvin Joseph had been a boundary corner here. This was not yeah. a nickel safety, whatever you want to say it is. They're clearly trying out some different things with him. And, you know, Michael Galkin at the Dallas Morning News had pointed something out that I think was uh, a rather astute observation, which was you already have C.J. Goodwin here. You've got your your defensive back that doesn't really play defensive back. He's just kind of a special teams player. Right. You can't really afford to have two of those guys sitting on your roster, taking up room in your DB room. It's a good Kelvin point. Joseph has to get it together. They've got to yeah. find a hole for him because if they can't find one on defense, he's going to be out on the street. Yeah. I, you know, that's I, the, the one thing about him is with Kelvin Joseph, the, you know, the fact that he is uh, the flyer, the gunner, whatever you want to talk about, there's a guy that could play well in space. There's a couple of times where he had penalties. Remember where he bumped into, uh, you know, uh, you know, returners and it missed the fair catch and maybe not aware and all that. The only thing that maybe could keep Kelvin Joseph from being a decent safety is if he doesn't have the ability to see, if he doesn't have the ability to understand. But you kind of, you know, the penalties he got on those those returns. Yeah, you know, that's 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 a concern. But the fact that he's willing to tackle the way he plays in space, uh, maybe that's maybe that's the right route. That maybe Dan Quinn and them, at least through one practice, and again one OTA practice, 
uh, you know, that we saw the fact that they've already shifted him over to safety, I think was, uh, is maybe that, maybe that's the right, the right way to go with the guy that that's got a little physicality to his game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, it's not just a little physicality. I think the best trait Calvin Joseph has shown as a pro, even when he's playing defense, when he's playing corner is he, he's not afraid to get physical. He's not afraid. Yeah. To tackle. Uh, I think the final game of the 2021 season against Philly, I think he had 11 tackles that game at the corner yeah. spot. So he's very physical, very willing to to get in there and make a play. You just want the coverage to be better. You want him to be more yeah. disciplined. Uh, and and honestly, what you want is you want him to, to grow up and be a pro. Uh, yeah. The Cowboys have had the maturity factor. That's the thing that might get Sam Williams too. You know, every when everybody's talking about the level of what Sam Williams, the edge, what he could be, it's maturity. Kelvin Joseph, Sam Williams. Those are the maturity questions there. Absolutely. I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, it, it's interesting to see that yesterday with Jordan Lewis out, Trayvon Diggs out, uh, you know, Kelvin Joseph, they're having to try out these different things with him, have him do different things because, and they had Nashawn Wright on the boundary, somebody who struggled himself at times. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, can I run through something real quick here? And it just made me, we were talking yeah. about Jordan Lewis. And it's funny because our friends at Blogging the Boys came out with a a list of three veteran Cowboy players that could be traded, you know, or or would be trade assets or chips. And Jordan yep. Lewis is on that list. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Jordan Lewis, and Dante Fowler. And I asked my gang of seven about the rankings of where they would put those guys as far as who would you want on your team? Can I just run through a couple of those and yeah, just kind of yeah. let you? Because door, okay, this one of my guys on Gang of Seven, uh, he ranked him this way as far as trade chips is how its teams would come after him, and it just maybe give you a little bit of idea. But I don't think they're going to trade any of these guys. I'm just telling you what these guys, what these teams thought. Sure, Dor- Dorrance Armstrong was number one for a team. Uh, Jordan Lewis was second, and Dante Fowler was third. And that was that was uh, that was one of the teams that I'm I'm dealing with. The second one was see if I could get that uh, Fowler. My guy, one of my guys said Fowler. He wouldn't think that Fowler would have much value. He you know because he was just available. He says Jordan Lewis coming off the injury. He says Armstrong's the most affordable. So there again, there's another a little bit of a different uh, a different mix uh, from a team. And then the third team that I said, Fowler, Lewis, Armstrong is what they had there. So you can kind of get a little bit of an idea about where people – Jordan Lewis, if Jordan Lewis wasn't injured, I, I think that, you know, I now he, he might very well be your starter. Bland is going to give him everything that he has there. Bland is going oh, to I- – I, Bland I think is that's going Bland's make, job to lose. I think I, that's Bland's you job think, to You lose. think so, too? You think it's yeah. Bland? So all of a sudden now, if you're talking about Jordan Lewis and trade possibilities, he's either ranked second or third You know, off that, uh, off that list that Blogging the Boys had uh, that they were talking about possible trade assets or chips. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, Brian. Uh, I got to jump in really quickly and remind everybody here about our wonderful partner at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you guys, if you are fans of Wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are the days that you need to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they've got deals for you every other day of the week. they got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, and I don't, I don't say that as some sort of exaggeration, like, oh, wall-to-wall TVs. That's not a simile. It literally is TVs that basically cover every space of the walls at Boomer Jacks. There's also live music. Great TVs that you can catch any game, any sport that you're looking for uh, there at Boomer Jacks. Uh, There's 17 DFW locations, so you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, some more takeaways from OTAs here uh, as we look at things. Uh, One of the things I saw yesterday that that kind of stood out to me was the fact that, you know, a, a big discussion point last season and mentioned a lot yesterday uh, in media availability is communication, communication, communication between yeah. the back and your guys on offense. That, uh, that hey, that's a great get, by the way. I know you were in the locker room covering for 105.3 The Fan. Those Dak Prescott clips, I think, were very, very telling. I know the one you're about to talk about. Yeah, and and you know he he had talked about how look the communication's got to be on point. He explained away some of uh, or didn't explain away, gave context to some of the interceptions about. You know, guy sees this, I see this, this is what happens. Uh, sounded a little, to me anyway, I don't know about you, Brian, I guess it's up to everybody's interpretation, sounded a little frustrated with maybe how Mike McCarthy's talked about it publicly this offseason. Uh, when he was asked a question about how McCarthy had addressed it, then Dak said, I I, I think he remembered that wrong or something to that effect, said I, that that wasn't totally the way. Not exactly was. how it was said, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so it was, it was a little interesting there, but – Communication as a big emphasis. Brian, I noticed him talking a lot yesterday to two players consistently throughout the practice, and that was Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson, his second-year tight end from Wisconsin, yeah. all in the name of it seemed like open communication. Yeah, and let me and let's and let's be let's be really honest about I think Dak Prescott is fed up without about having to answer questions and him be the guy that falls on the sword for the interceptions. After every game, even when they were winning, it came down to somebody would ask a question about an interception and what would Dak do? I got to be better. Got to be better. Got He would take responsibility uh, for what was going on. I think Dak Prescott's to the point now where he's like, listen, you, you MFers can all blame me for this these interceptions. And let's be honest too. He's got, uh, you know, negotiations are coming up to, you know, for, uh, you know, contract for cap numbers and all that stuff. You know, he's, uh, he's taking a lot of heat for the interceptions. 
And I think, I think rightfully so. He's talking about communication. He's talking about being on the same page. He's saying, listen, you guys out there, the guys and the gals in the media, and all you fans, guys and gals out there, you can continue to blame me for these things, but there's more to it than that. And I think it, I think he put some others on notice that, you know, and I don't think he appreciated, and this is my observation of it, Bobby, and this is not anything I talked to Dak or anybody in his camp. I don't think he was too happy about about Mike McCarthy putting their business out there, what they did about looking through all his interceptions. You know, I don't think, I don't think Dak's like, listen, are you always going to talk about conversations that you and I have here? You know, is that, is that something, you know, being on the same page, I think that's big, but I don't, and, and, and guys and gals, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. I'm really not. I'm just saying Dak looks pissed that McCarthy's his conversation with McCarthy over the what they evaluated got out. And the second thing is he is not going to stand up there and say, I have to be better, I have to be better, I have to be better, when in actuality, yes, he has to be better, but the rest of these guys better be better along with me. That's what I think. I think that's I think you're going to hear a lot from Dak Prescott this year. And maybe into OTAs, what we have left the mini camps, and then into the training camp about communication and about being on the same page. He is not going to stand up there and take the blame for this anymore. I think, it, look, it's a very complex problem. Um, I mean, not the, the the interceptions. The interceptions are the interceptions. But Those are a-, a problem. The interceptions yeah. are a problem, especially yeah. when they, especially before half, when they have chance to get points and they don't get points. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's something that was an issue last year. And there are a lot of factors that go into it. We've discussed that before. We we know those sort of things. But I'll say this. I think that it's not it probably won't be at the end of this year. Uh, maybe it'll be at the end of uh, Mike McCarthy's time in Dallas or the end of Dak Prescott's time in Dallas. Or maybe we'll get five years down the road. And this will be a a different roster composition than what we currently look at somewhere down the road, Brian. I think we're going to we're going to look back and we're going to hear stories about, hey, you know, that interception issue that was was going on in 2022. Well, here's this detail, this detail and this detail that you didn't know and that were causing issues and that that they didn't feel comfortable addressing because of locker room culture and relate that there were just things that they said, it's not beneficial for us to just give you the explanation as to why it probably harms our locker culture more right now to have to deal with that. But there are reasons why, and you guys can stop looking for them. We understand what's happening here. And so I think that that's just a difficult position to be in. And it's a difficult position to explain away to a fan base and a media that's looking for answers. But I bet, you know, in the next couple of years, We'll look back, we'll get the full picture of it, and it'll all click and make sense and go, okay, that year makes sense now. We now see this and this and this that we didn't know at the time that gives us the clarity. And I think that's probably where Dak Prescott's frustration came from yesterday was in that, look, I've got these answers and I'm really frustrated that we keep asking these questions and I'm in, in a position where I can't explain it to you. And so you guys... 
need to just take the answer of communication is going to be better and, and we'll work on it. But other than that, I can't just sit here and blow up, you know, blow this issue up any more than, than it already is. Yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I, I, I just, man, he, he's got, he's got a lot on his plate. He really, really does. And you know, he forever, he's been the stand-up guy. He has been the stand-up guy over there. And with, with, with things looming on the horizon with his contract, all the situations, uh, you know, I just kind of feel like, yeah, he, he, you know, I can't tell you everything. Like he's like, like you said, I, he can't tell you everything, but I think that if you pulled him aside and you said, Hey, tell me about the conversation that you had with McCarthy as you guys went through all those interceptions, you know, he would, it would be fascinating to hear what McCarthy and, 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 uh, and Schottenheimer deemed as his responsibility as opposed to somebody else's responsibility, you know? And I, I mean, I would love to have that conversation. Like, okay. Remember this game, remember this game, remember this game, you know, but it's something that's alarming, Bobby. He missed five football games and, and he's still the number of intercepts, but you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think it's going to change. And I mean that in a way of, I'm not trying to say that Dak's a bum quarterback. I'm just saying the way he plays, his aggressive nature, his willingness to make throws and put the ball in spots where people might not be willing to throw it. You know, he's not the most accurate quarterback. We've seen that at times, but where he is, he's, he's fearless in the way he wants to throw the ball. And, I, you know, the way teams play him, yeah, he can have double digit interceptions again. But I, I, I just don't think that's going to change. I, and I'm not saying you have to accept Dak for who he is, but I'll be interested to see what differences they try and make with him. But, but I don't know how much because he's his willingness to try and make plays, it's the one thing that helps him and it's the one thing that gets him in trouble. But like I said, he is not going to. He's not going to stand up there and take the blame for all this stuff anymore. And gosh, I wish I was that fly on the wall with him, McCarthy, and and Schottenheimer when they were going through all those interceptions. It'll be a fascinating thing for us to watch play out over the next several months. And specifically, it'll come up again. Look, even before another game gets played, we're going to hear about the interceptions. He'll get asked the same questions at minicamp, at the other OTAs. He'll get asked at the training camp. I'm fascinated to see the evolution and see if he's as irritated, uh, it seems. Uh, oh, I think he's irritated now. Uh, no, no, that's what I mean. I'll, I'll be, yeah, I'll be fascinated I'm, to see if that irritation continues each time he answers it or if yesterday was just maybe maybe it was a rough day where it's like, I don't have the patience for today. Or if it's something where we're going to consistently see he doesn't he doesn't want to take the questions well, like that. He, he, you know, he's specifically talking about clear-out routes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, okay, who are the guys running clear-out routes for some of the stuff was, was there some tight end faults was Dalton Schultz, you know, some of the vertical routes where there's stuff that, you know, where you're supposed to carry your guy was Gallup supposed to carry his guy a, a different direction. Was Noah Brown supposed to run a different way? You know, I, I just, like I said, I don't, he is not, he, he was telling us that, listen, you want to blame me for this, but man, there are things that we sat down and watched and I, I just don't think he wanted Mike McCarthy to, to, to even address that. I don't. Yeah, because I because I, I think that's the thing. I think Dak probably feels like 
we have, for instance, let's just roll off of what you're in theory. We're not saying yeah. this, but let's say, you know, Schultz, Gallup, or, or some of the guys you mentioned. Gallup. He said clear out. He said clear out routes. Yeah. 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 So let's say, let's say Gallup is one of these people that he's talking about. Gallup is in this locker room. Gallup clearly had confidence issues last year. If that were the case, that that was one of the problems they had with interceptions last year, I bet Dak Prescott looks at him and goes, it is not profitable for me to tell you that Michael Gallup was screwing it up. Yeah. That doesn't, ha- that doesn't help Michael. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help this football team. And so I'm not going to do it. We'll talk about communication and we'll leave it at that. And I think that's the frustrating thing for him is having to, I've given you the answer. I said communication, you guys, I, I'm trying to walk a fine line here and not mess up chemistry and confidence and some of these things. And I think that was probably his frustration is he felt like shining a light on it. Like, like McCarthy may have, that may have been a frustrating thing for him. I, it absolutely did. I, and I don't blame Dak, you know, McCarthy should have just not even talked about it. You know, McCarthy should have just said, you know, you know, I mean, just answer any other questions, to, but don't address that one. Don't say, Oh, we sat down and watched every interception. You know, of course, these riders, somebody's going to ask, well, what did you see? What, well, you know, and then Dak get, yeah. gets back to Dak, and he's like, wait a minute, why every meeting that I have with you now is with you being the primary play caller, it's it's uh, subjected to potentially being in the media? I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good way to handle things. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, Brian. Uh, I got to jump in really quickly and remind everybody here about our wonderful partner at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I keep telling you guys, if you are fans of wings, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, those are the days that you need to go to Boomer Jacks. Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week. they got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer you're going to find in the Metroplex or anywhere else. Wall-to-wall TVs, and I don't, I don't say that as some sort of exaggeration, like, oh, wall-to-wall TVs. That's not a simile. It literally is TVs that basically cover every space of the walls at Boomer Jacks. There's also live music, great TVs that you can catch any game, any sport that you're looking for. Uh, there at Boomer Jacks. Uh, there's 17 DFW locations, so you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, and I, I got to lead off uh, with this first question here. Um, this guy's name is uh, David Hellman. And he says, if we can assume for the sake of conversation that the Dallas Stars don't have a historic comeback in them, 
which Dallas Big Four franchise will win the city's next title? Kind of a terrible question from that guy. I don't, I don't know who he is. Um, kind of a low IQ question, but do you have an answer for David Hellman? Hellman, uh, did he happen to go to school at the, my alma mater there, the Ellis and the U's? Yeah, uh, he's not, I, I've seen a picture where he holds up an L, but I think yeah. that's acknowledging he's a loser. Yeah. Uh, I love that guy. Gosh, <laughs> I, I did had, too. I love Elman. I, I had breakfast with him the other day, and I I, I miss him every single day. Oh, thanks for the invite, Brian. Well, you were probably you were probably doing one of your. I think you were on air. Actually, we had breakfast. At, we had breakfast <laughs> at uh, nine o'clock. We had breakfast oh, at nine o'clock it. last well, week. Well, there you go. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think the team that might be going the right direction right now, and it's just not because of the way the record is. The next championship could be the, or your Texas Rangers is who it could be. You know, um, they're good right I, now. I, I, I love, I love, I think the Stars personnel, the Stars are, you know, the Stars, heck of a playoff run. Let's see if they can, in fact, claw their way back into this thing. I don't know why we're sitting there answering these questions here on this podcast, but I'll say it's it just, anyway. It's just because Hellman asked the question. And well, I, wanted to, I just wanted to take a chance to troll Hellman. And here I, and here I am trying oh, to answer God. the question. Still <laughs> answer it, but I'm just trying yeah. to troll Hellman. I, I think that I, I love the general manager with the Texas Rangers. I love the fact that the organization is willing to spend the money to get the players. I think the development, you know, the Rangers are playing well. They got the first over the uh, fourth overall pick coming up in the draft. That This is the last time I think they're going to pick fourth or in the top five in a long time. So I would say that the, the 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 Rangers are probably the team that's got the chance, the best chance to bring the next the next championship. But man, it's not to say that the Cowboys do a hell of a job with their player personnel stuff. They really, really do. They but if they could kind of put things together, you know, they I felt like they got over the hump a little bit with that win in the wild card, you know, but then you know San Francisco that game I just think it's going to take a little bit more time. Uh, all right. So there's the answer to your terrible question, Dave. Yeah, how about uh, that? Next question from TK. Why didn't the Cowboys try to sign a proven kicker like uh, Brandon McManus, who signed with Jacksonville, and instead rolling with unproven Tristan Vizcaino? Uh, Brian, I know we were watching Vizcaino kick yesterday. Not, it didn't feel like there was a lot of boom coming off of that leg. There was not a lot. You know, when sometimes you watch these kickers and you feel like that you you really hear that ball hit that foot, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this, this is one of those things where I kind of feel like that every one of his kicks, it felt like it got up and it was questionable if it was driving through the upright that it was yeah. more of a hitting maybe a yard or two beyond the goalpost. I never felt like it was, it was, you know, sometimes these guys hit the ball and it's at the, it's at the middle of the, uh, you know, it's in the middle and then it's high on the upright and it's sailing through and it's driving through. I, I just got, I just got the oppression, the oppression, the impression that these were like kicking into the, the kicking a ball in the wind of twenty five miles an hour, and it was hanging up, hanging up. Man, just not a lot of power. He um, the ones that he missed, he missed the last one. He made from forty yards. He made a forty, a forty three, a forty five, a forty seven, and missed the fifty one. But he missed the first one. I don't think people counted. I saw him miss it. He hit the right upright. You know, mm -hmm. maybe that was a warm up kick. But he hit the, uh, the the right upright from 32, and it was no good. 
Then he, the second one from 35, he hit. He missed another one from 35. He made a 39, that 40, the 43, the 45, the 47, and then missed the 51. But, man, the ball just did not have a lot of pop to it, and it didn't have, like, that driving ability through the uprights. Next question here from CD. He says, most noticeable change in physical stature? Who took the offseason seriously? I don't know that I... I don't know that I saw anybody yesterday that it's like, well, they slimmed down or, oh, they bulked up. I, Did I you see Gallimore? I, I missed him. Did you see Neville I Gallimore? I saw Gallimore. I didn't notice necessarily how he looked. And, like I, Nothing stood out to me. The, the one thing that stood out to me physically, and it's more just because I think he was hurt all last season, is J. Ron Curse could actually move at yeah. practice yesterday. He couldn't move the last month of the season. He was He was so hurt the last six weeks of the year. And so the thing that stood out to me was, oh, I'm seeing J. Ron Curse move fluidly again. That's nice to see. Uh, I, I think the only thing I heard you comment on about stature out there was, boy, Deuce Vaughn, that is a small, small running back. <laughs> well, he's short. I'll tell you a guy that I was impressed with physically that, you know, again, seeing live for the first time was Schoonmaker. That, that mm-hmm. is a big, square, good-looking player right there. When you start yeah. to talk about the tight ends, somebody said that maybe that that uh, they looked like that Hendershot, Hendershot, uh, uh, had Ferguson? lost. For, oh, well, okay. Hender, uh, uh, Hendershot might have lost some weight. That that he looked like that he was that he had slimmed down, that he hmm. wasn't as bulky as he was last year. That maybe that he was a little bit slimmer. But I I, I noticed Mozzie Smith's a good looking guy too on my, on the, the end I was on. That's not a sloppy guy at all. That's a good. That was a good looking player. Him, uh, awesome Richards, guys like that, really good looking physically. How they play. I was talking to somebody in the organization about awesome Richards. I said, "Hey, mm-hmm. I, I go, you might have stole one there." And they go, "We just need to get him a little bit stronger." But you know, the footwork, the athletic ability, and all that. You know, we feel like we got a player with some really nice upside there. Question here from the Pearl. I hear Brian speak about the O-line coach, but with the running back coach leaving as well, yeah. uh, could it be that the run game install both got axed, seemed off to me all season? So I guess the question there is, is it less about, hey, we need a new line coach or a new running back coach? It was these two working in tandem, the running game install wasn't working, and we needed to reset that as a coupling. Man, I don't think that Mike McCarthy wanted to fire Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin ran out of a contract. You know, and and maybe Joe Philbin's asking price was more than what the front office was willing to pay. Yeah, that's surprising. But Jerry Jones, I I think they've eliminated what three coaches there, Bobby. I, I, we're down at they're in that twenty something range, and I don't twenty seven. Yeah, and I think that what they they at twenty seven now. Was it 30? No, they, they were at 27. They were yeah, at, they were, they were at, at 27. twenty-seven, and they got you know not that Rob Davis was a coach. But they, you know, they just the guys that they let go. The only guy they brought from the outside was the offensive line coach, was Mike Solari, right? Uh, they 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 replaced uh, Doug Nussmeyer with uh, Scott Tolzien. Uh, yep. they, moved, they moved the assistant line coach over to running back coach. So they didn't add any coaches other than the offensive line coach. I think this was one of those things where Jerry Jones during the season he's like, we've got all these coaches and he was going, why, you know? So uh, I don't think Mike McCarthy wanted, like I said, I'll say it again. I don't think he wanted to get rid of Joe Philbin, 
But, man, there was a lot of prisoner for prisoner trading off on this coaching staff. When you think about uh, the running back coach, you know, with George Edwards getting released, I, I think George yeah. Edwards, in talking to him, he was surprised that he got let go. You know, but what happened? Scott McCurley, who was uh, the linebacker coach during the uh, uh, Mike Nolan administration, got his old job back. So yeah. th these guys that were assistants who started off as regular coaches, uh, you know, when McCarthy first got here, then they became assistant to the assistants. Now some of them got their old jobs back or, or, or had to move around. So I think this was a, I think this was a tough offseason for Mike McCarthy. And I think it was a tough offseason for Jerry Jones when it came to this coaching staff. All right. And last question here. We got it asked by about eight different people in various different ways. The big news today, of course, uh, the Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, Brian, your your thoughts on Hopkins uh, as a player, and maybe some of what you've heard about where he is as a player at this point in his career. And do you think the Cowboys would have any interest? DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. I asked a couple of the gang of seven where they might end up. Uh, the guys were like, man, Green Bay, Baltimore. You know, Baltimore is signed to uh, – uh, you know, with uh, Odell Beckham, I did. I did ask somebody. I did ask somebody I really, really trust that would know the situation. You know, maybe not within the with well, the Cowboys. And I'm saying, what about the Cowboys? I don't think that's going to happen. But some people who really are in the know with the Cowboys told me this. Um, they they were saying about Hopkins. I said. I said, where does he end up? You know, you got a guess for me. The guy said, depends on where he, what he, uh, what he's asking for and who, and who's willing to pay it. Odell Beckham set the marker for wide receivers and didn't play last year. Hopkins probably wants to be paid regardless. And I don't foresee much wiggle from whatever he perceives his value to be. So I don't see that as a, I take that as the Cowboys are not going to be involved in this at all. You know, they're not they're not going to be in the DeAndre Hopkins, even though he was willing to reduce me personally, I would have made the trade for Hopkins. But they end up getting cooks. They wanted cooks, they got cooks. I'm not gonna fault them for that. You know, they went out and they made a move, but I think I was more willing myself when that whole DeAndre Hopkins thing started out, that I was more willing to uh be that guy that would make that trade for him, but uh it didn't work out so well. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star. Thanks so much for joining us. we got more OTA practices, more mini camp practices to come. Uh, and we'll have another episode for you next week discussing all of it. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys next time.